Mark chapter 7, verse 20 is where we're going to begin tonight. And he said, That which cometh out of the man that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. This message tonight, I titled, Being Cleansed from Within. And you know, Jesus was speaking to these Jews here, and He was kind of addressing their ritual they had of, of washing their hands. And you know, they were pretty uh, bound up with with their the law that Moses had gave them. And, and you know, they had added to this thing. You know, Moses had prescribed that they wash their hands before they eat. and But they had kind of made more of it than that. They had got to the point where, you know, if you didn't wash your hands, you were, oh, it was a terrible thing. You weren't following the law. And not only did you need to wash them before you eat, but before you pray. And, and you may have to wash them several times. You know, I mean, they had made a big deal out of this washing of hands. And Jesus was trying to show them that it's not the things you put into your body that defile you. It's the things that come out of your body. So the cleansing needs to take place within yourself and not on the outside. Now, you know, they're talking here about about washing hands and they're talking about the food you eat. But what Jesus was also trying to get across to these people was in the spiritual terms of things, the things on the outside is not where the problem is. You know, we see people a lot of times and we look at their outside and we think, man, they need to straighten up. They need to change the way they're living. Just look at them. But you know, it's the inside that we need to be concerned about. And you know, I know this is a kind of a cliche. You know, you always want to care more about what's going on inside than on the outside. But what I really want to focus on tonight is myself. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to realize that that when we begin to work on cleansing the inside, the outside will take care of itself. You see, when we... When we work on the inside and we start to change our heart that is within us, all that stuff that's on the outside that the world can see that looks so bad and and dirty and against God's law will begin to fall into line with what the heart is doing. What is on the outside is a direct reflection of what's on the inside. I'm not just talking about physical appearance. I'm talking about your spiritual appearance. You know, somebody could look like a just total thug and be the best Christian person you've ever seen. Sometimes it's hard for me to identify with those kind of people, but none the same. It's not my place to judge their, their spiritual nature. You know, sometimes those people are able to reach people that I never could. 
They can identify with people that I can't identify with. But like I said, it's not the physical appearance I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about what is on our outside in in the spiritual characteristics of our life. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to hide the things we think are, are undesirable. You know, it may be sin or whatever. Sometimes we can cover that stuff up and people don't see it until they get to know us. Until they start to see what's really on the inside of us. You see, it's, it's the heart, what is in the heart that defiles the man. It, it's those things that you have covered up and hidden now deep inside. Those are the things that, that bring about death to you. Those are the things that when you speak to other people, they say, man, what's wrong with that guy? Have y'all ever spoken to somebody that, that had a, a kind of rough looking outside appearance, but as soon as you speak to them, you're like, now there's something different about him. I believe he might be a Christian. You see, there's something different inside of him than what you expected. And it's the same way when somebody looks at you and you're hiding something inside and you begin to speak to them and all of a sudden before you know it, from the abundance of the heart, you begin to speak and they say, man, there's something wrong with that guy. See, we've got to be cleansed within. A lot of times we work on our outside appearance, don't we? Our spiritual outside appearance. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, I know when I have something wrong inside me. And I do my best to put on the best front I can for everybody I come in contact with. Because the last thing I want is for them to see that. You see? I work on that outside appearance. Oh man, I'm good at it too. I can... I can just walk up to somebody, oh, how are y'all doing? You know, ain't nothing wrong here. Even though I just got through arguing with my wife. <laughs> Everything's fine. But you sit down and talk to me for a little while, and you're going to start seeing what's in my heart. You're going to start seeing that what I'm trying to put on for everybody is not the real deal. So you see, instead of working on my outside appearance, what I need to be working on is cleansing myself within. That everything else will take care of it then. It will all just fall in line with what my heart is feeling and doing. When I work on cleansing myself and seeking forgiveness and repenting and, and all of those things, everything else will fall in line. First Corinthians chapter six, verse ten. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now listen to verse twelve. All things are lawful unto me. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. 
Now what is Paul, what was Paul talking about here? He said all things were lawful for him. Is that an excuse to be able to just sin and do whatever I want to do? It almost sounds like it. It almost sounds like he's saying, now that I'm a Christian, I can just go do whatever it is I feel like, and I'm okay. Well, that's not what Paul's talking about. You see, if you go back a few verses, and you read uh, what Paul was talking about there, it kind of puts this Scripture in context. And you begin to see that Paul is saying that all of this bondage that you have put yourself under, trying to adhere to this law that has been tainted by, by man, doesn't apply to me anymore. You see, these rituals that the Jews had, we talked about washing of hands a while ago, they also had all kinds of rules. This morning in Sunday school, we were talking about the way they treated the Sabbath day. And you know, you just couldn't do anything, basically. Walk to the temple and back home and sit there, I guess is all you could do. But they had all these rules and regulations that you had to follow to the T. What Paul's saying is, that stuff doesn't apply to me anymore. Yeah, I'm going to still try to keep the law the best I can. I'm still going to, you know, not my intention is not to sin. But understand that I'm not bound by that law anymore. Now what does that mean? I want you all to understand this. And it will tie in in a minute. You see, there is a certain amount of liberty we have as Christians. And this is not a license to sin. But as a Christian, I am not held to the same kind of uh, rules and regulations to the extent that I might lose my salvation. Or I might I would have to be in fear of what's going to happen to me if I happen to sin and happen to not fulfill these things to some degree. That's what Paul is telling you, that, that everything is lawful for me I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I don't have to be in fear of these things. You see, these people lived in fear every day that they may, that they may somehow fail. But what Paul is saying is that you can, you can eat whatever kind of meat. It's not going to send you to hell. You can partake in some of these things. It's not going to damn your soul. But what did he say to, to kind of counterbalance this? He said, everything's lawful, but it's not expedient. You see, in this time, that, this particular time that Paul lived in, if he were to go sit down with somebody and eat some meat that was sacrificed to an idol, how would everybody look at him? They'd look at him like, man, what are you doing? You're going to hell. This ain't too much different from today if I was to go sit down and drink a beer with somebody, how would they look at me? Now I know this ain't what y'all would expect to hear from a preacher. And I'll tell y'all right now, I'm not planning to go sit down and have a beer with anybody. But my point is, me going and sitting down and drinking a beer with somebody is not going to send me to hell. But, it may become a hindrance to somebody else. You see, this is where Paul was trying to lead these people into. 
He wanted them to understand that I don't have to live in fear of what's going to happen to me. But this may not be the best thing for me to do in terms of other people. You see, Jesus said that it'd be better for you to be cast into the sea with a millstone tied around your neck than to become a stumbling block. So I don't worry about what I've done in my life. I don't worry about what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm not worried about losing my salvation. But I do need to be focused on is the things I'm doing going to hinder somebody else? You see, when you're, when you're working on being cleansed within, that other stuff falls into place. You know, see, Paul was trying to tell them, and I, I really don't know how many of them caught it. He was trying to tell them that y'all quit worrying about this little stupid stuff. You know, just to be blunt. Quit worrying about this little stupid stuff. Y'all ever get in an argument with somebody about something in the Bible that was just ridiculous? I mean, come on. Does it really matter that much on some of these little things? You know what I mean? It's interpretation. As long as we agree that Jesus was the Son of God, He lived a sinless life, He died for our sins, and it's through Him that we have access to the kingdom of God, as long as you can agree on the main and plain things, is everything else worth arguing over? See, Paul was trying to tell them that you have a certain amount of liberty as a Christian. You're free from that bondage of the law. And they didn't understand this. They didn't understand that, that it was through Jesus Christ that they received their, their redemption and not through their works and their acts. Some people fear that if they sin, they're going to go to hell unless they get saved again. And I don't believe anybody here believes that. I think the Bible teaches totally the opposite. In fact, it says that uh, if that were the case, Jesus would have to be crucified again. Some people fear that if they sin and don't have an opportunity to repent, that they're going to go to hell. And I don't believe that's the case. See, that's the kind of bondage that some people are under. Because they haven't taken the time, or maybe they're misguided, they don't understand what this Word teaches. They don't understand that they can... They can get rid of all this ritual and, and tradition just because just for the sake of tradition, you see. That's what these Jews were holding to just because they believed that's what their fathers believed and that's what their fathers believed. And, and they passed it down and passed it down until it got to the point that you couldn't do anything. It's bondage. And that's not what Jesus came for. He came to deliver us from that. Now these things that we're talking about, this liberty, how does that tie in with being cleansed within? Well, you see, when you get your heart right and you're trying to, you have the best intentions, see, God knows what's in your heart. God knows 
what your intentions are. And I would venture to say that 99% of the people here today know what your intentions are. You know what you're thinking. You know why you're thinking it. You know what you've done. You know what you're going to do. When we get our heart right and we fall in line with what Paul's saying here about this liberty, and we, we get outside of thinking, man, we've got to adhere to this thing and do it this way because that's what they say we got to do. And you get your heart in the right mode where you're saying, man, I want to do everything I can to please my God and my Master and my Savior. You see, you, you cleanse yourself within. You cleanse that heart. And all that other stuff just takes care of itself. When you get to the point where you say, God, you know, this almost sounds kind of crazy, but you remember when Jesus was in Gethsemane and He said, Father, not my will, but Your will. That ought to be our motto. We ought to live our life like that. You know, if we were to live like that and put all that nasty stuff out of our heart and say, God... Not my will, but your will. You see, that just takes care of it. It washes that stuff out. Because when you fall into subjection with, in, under God and you say, God, look, I, I mess this stuff up every time. But you know what's best and, I, and that's what I want. That don't mean you're not ever going to sin. That don't mean you're not going to make a mistake. But when you fall into subjection and you say, God, I want your will in my life. He'll honor that. He'll honor that and, and you'll start to see things change in your heart. You see, you can't keep the same attitude in your heart when you're trying to submit to God's will. When you submit to His will, I mean truly submit, not just pay Him lip service. You submit to His will, your heart's going to change. It don't have any any opportunity to stay the same way when you truly submit to God. <clears throat> you know, we talked a while ago about trying to change the outside. But if we work on changing our heart, we just cut right to the root of the problem. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of ways you can try to fix things, but if you just try to fix symptoms... You don't ever fix what's really there. You know, just like when one of your kids is sick and they have a fever and a runny nose, well, there's all kinds of medicine to fix those symptoms. But there is something at the root of that problem that you're not addressing. Now, you understand that sometimes this medicine that you give them to take away the fever, to take away the runny nose and, and clear up their sinuses and all that, it may fix the symptoms and it may seem like it fixes the problem, but the real thing is that that problem just ran its course and went away. You just covered up the symptoms until it left. But the problems of the heart don't work that way. You may cover those symptoms up a little bit, but if you don't address the root of the problem... Those symptoms will come back. You know, there's a lot of illnesses that, that we get that won't go away. 
They'll keep coming back and keep coming back until the root problem is addressed. Now y'all look at your life tonight. There's a whole lot of opportunity for us to change things. Man, I don't care who you are. I guarantee you that everybody here tonight has something in their life that in their heart is causing a problem in their life. I know all of us do. There ain't no way around it. We're, we're still imperfect. We still have sin. You know, there, we have a sinful nature because of what Adam did. It's passed on to us. There ain't no way to get around it. The problem is there. Now, I believe that one way we can address that problem, obviously, is through salvation. It kind of offsets it, doesn't it? Eventually, we will be totally cured of it, but not in this life. But you see, there's a continual process that we must go through. And this don't just happen because you decide to ask Jesus into your heart. I believe that it takes continual effort. I believe it takes a continual, diligent action and moving in your life. It takes deliberate, intentional action for you to say, God, I need to clean myself up. See, you can't do it on your own, though. We try. Have y'all ever tried to just try to clean yourself up and... Have y'all ever known somebody that said, oh, I'll come to church when, when I get kind of straightened out? You can't do it. You can't do it. You may have little, little peaks and valleys, but you'll never see a steady increase. You'll, get, you'll do better for a week or two. Y'all ever had something you really like doing or maybe something you was addicted to and you thought, I'm going to quit that. I'm going to quit doing that. I shouldn't be doing that. I'm going to quit it. And then a week or two goes by and you're back to doing it again. It's the same thing. You can't change that on your own. It's the same way in our heart. We can't change it on our own. We can cover it up on the outside. And we think we're working on it. But see, it's what's in our heart that has to be changed. Only God can do that. Only God can can mend that heart and and put it back the way it ought to be.